You're listening to Aussie Fire, a guide to financial independence for Australians. We're big fans of sharing experiences and talking about money. But remember, any advice is general and does not consider your financial situation, needs or objectives. So consider whether it's appropriate for you. Chapter 15. Fire for Late Starters by Sean from Project Palm Tree. Narrated by Thomas from Perla. Pick up any blog post, podcast, or book about the fire movement, and you're likely to read stories of young millennials saving a million dollars and retiring in their 30s. You'll hear their stories of rejecting the accepted hamster wheel of college, job, mortgage, retire at 65. Free from their 9-to-5 jobs, they pursue their life passions or travel the world without the need to return to their jobs after. A dream for many that would have seemed impossible even a decade ago. Increasingly though, you may have also begun hearing stories of a group of people older than these young millennials. Generation X folks who, for decades, have been on the very same hamster wheel that these millennials have managed to escape. Just like their younger counterparts, these older folks have googled how to retire early and discovered the wonderful world of fire. To us, the older Gen X folk, Gen Z and millennials appear to embrace fire as a defiant act. They symbolise ingenuity and resourcefulness, defining a new life outside the norm, full of opportunity and positive vibes. They are victors over the system. However, To these Gen Z and Millennials, it may appear that their older counterparts are chasing fire in a final act of desperation, as if they're saying, help me Mr Money Moustache, you're my only hope. Generation X might even appear a little defeated by the system. The fact is that lessons learnt from Millennials and Gen Z in the pursuit of fire are the same for anyone, regardless of age. There are some subtle differences for this older group pursuing fire the reasons behind their decision, how their finances look when they start out, as well as the tools they have at their disposal. Here's how fire works when you start out late. Life on the hamster wheel. Generation X are those of us born between 1965 and 1980. When we were in our 20s and 30s, Gen X had only ever heard of the sort of life where you went to school, then got a job, then got a mortgage, then worked your entire life until the traditional retirement age of 65. This is the sort of life that those in the FIRE community call the hamster wheel. Unlike those millennials and Gen Z, few of us Gen X folk ever thought to challenge this way of life. The problem for Generation X is that the promise of a lovely retirement that the hamster wheel provided to generations before us has not happened for us. At the same time that we became aware of our 50th birthdays looming on the horizon, we've also become aware that our generation is in a terrible financial situation. A low balance in our super, a lack of savings, and mountains of debt. Generation X has been hit with the realization that we are less destined for a champagne and caviar lifestyle in retirement, and more likely a beans-on-toast existence. The State of Personal Finance for Gen X According to a recent study by the Australian Housing and Urban Research Institute, nearly half of Australians between the age of 55 and 64 are still paying off their mortgages, with many unable to pay off their mortgage by the time they retire. Not only that, but by age 55, 
the average super balance is less than $175,000 for men and less than $100,000 for women. By age 65, the average is $270,000 for men and $160,000 for women. That's way less than the $1 million that was being suggested as the minimum amount you needed saved for your retirement years ago. Hit with this grim vision of our future, we look at our savings, then look at the time left till retirement. On the one hand, we think about how few years we have to earn enough money to afford to retire comfortably. That's if we can hold on to our jobs. At the same time, we feel exhausted and can't contemplate having no option but to have to work all those years. No wonder we feel so overwhelmed. Generation X, the sandwich generation. So, why can't Generation X save? One big reason is lifestyle creep. We simply want more things than our parents' generation did. But the other big reason is, with children staying at home longer and parents living longer, Generation X is the most likely generation to support others. This is why Generation X is sometimes called the sandwich generation. Discovering fire. Spend less, earn more, invest the difference. If you're anything like me, when you came to the realization that your investment savings were not where they needed to be approaching your 50th birthday, you would have felt a whole range of negative emotions. Anything from feeling frightened, to feeling angry, or just feeling pretty bloody stupid. You might have thought, how did I get here? Why didn't I think to save more and invest more when I was younger? And is it too late now? The biggest challenge to getting out of this mess and getting your finances in order is to drown out that negative talk, figure out what needs to be fixed, and work like hell to fix it, as if your life depended on it. P.S. Your life doesn't, but your lifestyle and retirement certainly does. There's a quote by Ramit Sethi, author of I Will Teach You To Be Rich, which I've always loved. Accept reality, make a plan, and move. Making a plan is where fire comes in. The three levers of fire that enable people to reach financial independence at any age are 1. Spending less, 2. Earning more, and 3. Investing the difference. Using these three levers, it's equally possible for Generation X to achieve financial independence as it has been for Millennials. Millennials and Gen X, the fundamental differences. It goes without saying that the greatest difference in the journey towards financial independence for Millennials and Gen X is time. The time when they start their journey towards FIRE, the time they have for compounding to work, and the time left to keep earning an income for investing before they reach retirement age. Obviously, someone in their 40s or 50s starting out on the road to FIRE today is much older than their millennial counterparts. Given they're older, they've had more time earning money, which means more opportunity to earn a large salary, build up their super, save more money, buy their own home, and pay down their mortgage. Of course, that also means they've had more time to build up consumer debt and experience lifestyle creep. But what exactly is lifestyle creep? Lifestyle creep. Remember when you first started working and how little you paid for rent, clothes, and going out for meals? The sort of car you drove and the standard of hotel or hostel 
you were happy to stay in when you traveled. Now, think about how much more you were happy to spend on those things once your salary increased over time. How much do you spend now? That's what's known as lifestyle creep or lifestyle inflation. When the amount you spend on non-essentials increases every time your income goes up. Things that seemed like a luxury when you started your work life suddenly feel like a necessity that you can't live without. The great thing about starting on the path to fire later in life is that you have decades of lifestyle creep to cut from your budget, potentially way more than someone starting out on the path to fire in their 20s. Once you remove those lifestyle expenses away from your hopefully significant income, your potential to save should be substantial. This means that you can reach your target savings rate much quicker just by cutting out a raft of non-essentials from your life. The biggest challenge will be convincing yourself that you can actually live a good life without your luxury essentials, which are really non-essentials. Understand that this sacrifice will lead to less worry about money and help you achieve financial independence early. What about time in the market? You'd think someone starting out in the pursuit of fire in their 40s or 50s has less time to have compounding work its magic than someone in their 20s. That's certainly true if both were trying to reach FI by, say, 60. The millennial would have decades more to use compounding to reach their FI number, whereas the older Gen Xer would likely have less than a decade. But let's not forget, most Gen Z and millennials aim to reach FI within 7 to 10 years, which is also the aim of Gen X. So really, what's the difference? Not only that, but in theory, Gen X starts with more money in super, savings, and other investments, so they're already ahead of the game. How long is the journey you're planning for? Of course, you also have to think about how each generation needs their fire nest egg to work for them. For example, imagine that both the millennial and the Gen Xer live until they're 100. If the millennial reaches FI at age 40 and the Gen Xer reaches FI at age 60, the millennial needs to make their money last for 60 years, while the Gen Xer only needs to fund 40. On the other hand, the millennial has 60 years of compounding to take advantage of, but the Gen Xer only has 40. How the three levers of fire work differently for Gen X. When you think about it in terms of net worth at the start of the road to achieving fire, the average Gen Xer should, that's should, be starting their fire journey ahead of the game compared to most millennials. In other words, Gen X should have more assets. They might have their own home, even if it's mortgaged. They may have upgraded to a more expensive home. The home should have grown in value over time. Their super balance should be way higher than a millennial's. They might already have investments like rental property or shares. They own lots more stuff, including more expensive cars. On the flip side, the Gen Xer could also have more debts, a larger mortgage to pay off, more consumer debts, and things like car loans. And finally, even if they're not a real go-getter, the Gen Xer should have, in theory, a bigger salary than the millennial, at least compared to someone in a similar industry. Here's how Gen X can use the three levers of fire to get from a state of desperation to achieving financial independence. 1. Spending less 
When it comes to the idea of spending less, the first thing you hear is a collective groan, and then all sorts of mutterings like, I can't cut anything out, and it's going to be horrible, or this is going to be boring, and I hate budgets. As Grant Sabatier says in his book, Financial Freedom, budgets are too fine-grained to make any real impact. In other words, if you have a bona fide budget and you're tracking everything, you're likely to focus your attention on the little and easy things like how many lattes you buy, rather than the big three categories, housing, transport, and food. From my own experience, I would argue that you should add number four, insurance. Notwithstanding the significant benefits of leveraging lifestyle group in your favor, here's how the mechanics of spending less is different for Gen X. Spending less on housing. Sure, if you're in your 40s and 50s, you probably can't move back in with mum and dad. Couch surfing is probably not your thing either, particularly if you have a partner or even kids or fur babies. And years of living independently probably makes it hard to conceive of even living in a share house. But if you've exercised your lifestyle creep muscle when it comes to housing, you likely rent or own a place that is way more than what you really need, which would allow you to move into something smaller or move into an area or a complex that's more affordable, or maybe both. One of the options that my financial planner modeled for me was selling my home and renting All the modeling and anecdotal evidence suggests that you're way better off when you own your own home outright when you retire. Not just the financial stuff, but the sense of security too. Barefoot Investor certainly supports this argument as well. That doesn't mean you can't downsize, but you should really think carefully about going from owning to renting. Spending less on transport. To be honest, I'm not the greatest source of information when it comes to spending less on transportation. That's because I've lived without owning a car for over a decade. This is certainly made easy since I live in a small flat in an inner city suburb and work in an office that's a 15 minute walk away. I have three supermarkets within a five minute walk, including an Aldi, and more restaurants, bars, and pubs than I can walk to in 10 minutes. That's not including the many more within a $10 Uber ride radius. 15 years ago, I owned a $15,000 Honda Civic, the car of choice for fire bloggers and podcasters in the US, that was sitting in the basement of my then apartment building in Brisbane. I wasn't using it since I could walk to work and my preferred choice of bars, restaurants, and shopping. After I sold it, I figured that I was at least $600 per month ahead compared to hanging on to it. That's because it was just sitting there in the garage and I was paying for insurance, rego, and the loan. My savings would have been even higher if I'd actually been using it and also paying for petrol and maintenance. Trust me, it takes a lot of Uber and taxi fares to make a dent in a $600 surplus you get from not owning your car. It should come as no surprise that if you've exercised your lifestyle creep muscle when it comes to the number of cars you own, or the caliber of car you own, then you have the ability to liquidate some of those assets or at least downgrade and have the money available for saving and investing. Spending less on food. Again, taking advantage of lifestyle creep is your friend when it comes to reaching financial independence by dramatically reducing how much you spend on food, then saving and investing the difference. The obvious way to spend less money on food is by looking at how much money you spend on eating out. Look at it this way. 
The fewer brunches you indulge in on your path to financial independence, the sooner you'll get to financial independence and the more brunches you'll get to enjoy once you're retired, hopefully in Paris or New York or at least Noosa. As far as eating out is concerned, Gen X may not be much different to the millennials. Avocado on toast, anyone? It's just that because we may have gotten into the habit of eating out more often and more extensive venues, we may have that much more spending to cut out. Spending less money on eating out and instead cooking great meals at home will significantly increase your savings rate. Which leads to groceries. Do you still do the bulk of your grocery shopping at Coles or Woolies? Do I dare ask if you shop at Harris Farms or David Jones's Food Hall? If so, consider swapping to supermarkets like Aldi if you haven't already. When I finally gave up my anti-Aldi snobbery, I really started seeing some real savings on groceries. For me, shopping at Aldi not only reduces decision fatigue, there's only one type of everything, but it's seriously cheaper than sticking to Coles for your flybys. Plus, the quality is at least as good and often better, yes, better, than Coles, if my own experiences are anything to go by. And those savings go straight into your retirement nest egg. Two, earning more. When it comes to earning more, the FIRE community means earning more than you are right now. It should come as no surprise that, as a Gen Xer, you've probably been working for many years and have loads of experience, so you're likely earning more than a millennial or Gen Zer working in the same industry. That's not necessarily always the case, of course. There are some seriously minted Wunderkinds out there. Here are some ways that Gen Xers can earn more. Earning more at the peak of your career. Chances are that, in your 40s and 50s, you're at the peak of your career and earning way more than someone in their 20s and 30s, particularly compared to someone working in the same industry as you, doing a similar job. A 70% savings rate of a $100,000 take-home salary is way higher than a 70% savings rate of a $50,000 take-home salary. That helps you pay down or pay off your mortgage sooner than the millennial. It also means you can get investing and reach fire sooner than them. See, you're already ahead of the game. Earning more at your nine to five job. The unfortunate truth is that unless you change jobs frequently, or have the opportunity to get equity as a partner or director in the businesses where you work, it's unlikely that you'll be able to increase your salary significantly once you hit this peak. This is unlike our millennial counterparts, who still have plenty of scope to increase their salaries through promotion. And, of course, moving around early in your career marks you as a go-getter, compared to later in your career, when it's frowned upon. You get labelled as being unreliable or just plain difficult. Not to mention that changing jobs is harder later in life. That's because it's harder to get a new job that pays a high enough wage to justify the change. By this age, you're also more likely to be specialised than not, so finding the right fit is extremely challenging. Earning more with a second job or side hustle. Finding a second job or side hustle is one tool heavily favoured by millennials and Gen Z in their quest to reach fire quickly. But for Gen X... This is often a harder proposition. For one thing, since you're earning in a higher tax bracket, any extra money you earn driving Uber quickly erodes, making it less of a great use of your time. Not only that, 
but being a senior member of your team means increased work demands and the need to justify your wage. That translates to having to work long hours and experiencing high levels of stress, meaning that you're likely to lack the time and energy to pick up a second job or side hustle once you hit 50. And if you do have the energy to start a side hustle, the ability to scale it in a way that makes it profitable is more challenging than if you were younger. Number three, investing. As mentioned previously, the biggest perceived constraint to investing for Gen X compared to millennials or Gen Z is the lack of time in the market. And as I've said before, achieving financial independence in seven to 10 years is seven to 10 years regardless of whether you're 25, 45, or even 55. Here is how investing to get from where you are at the beginning of your FIRE journey to achieving financial independence is different for Gen X. Investing. You do have enough time for compounding to work. Most people who discover FIRE later in life do so in their 40s and 50s and tend to give themselves anywhere between 7 and 10 years to reach FIRE. That's no different to someone aged 25 aiming to reach FIRE by age 35. In theory, a 25-year-old and a 45-year-old starting out on the path to FIRE today could achieve their goals in exactly the same time. That's equal amounts of time for compounding to start working its magic, both on what you invest now and what you have sitting in your super. The only difference is the 25-year-old would likely be planning on having many more years of post-retirement life to look forward to. Investing, taking advantage of years of super already saved. Compulsory employer-paid super came into effect in Australia in 1991. That means those of us working since then have had several decades to build up a tidy nest egg in their super account. If you recently looked at your balance and thought that it was lower than you'd hoped, remember, you are much further ahead than you were in your mid-20s and that much closer to financial independence than you realize. Not only that, but you have that base fund sitting there and able to continue compounding in addition to the compounding you get from any other investments you make outside of super. Investing. Access your super earlier than the pension age. The good news is you can begin to access your super as early as age 60 without any taxation penalties. That means that if you reach fire at age 55, you only have to wait five years to access your super compared to say 25 years for someone reaching fire at age 35. In fact, most people in their 20s and 30s will tell you that they'll never be relying on the pension. I imagine that they won't be relying as heavily on their super as Gen X either, since they're fully focused on living off their savings between reaching FI and reaching preservation age. Conclusion Pursuing FIRE in midlife is uniquely different from pursuing FIRE in your 20s and 30s. Discovering a lack of retirement funds as you approach 50 leads to a sense of desperation as you Google how to retire early. However, when you discover FIRE and apply the three levers, you quickly discover that your ability to successfully reach financial independence in midlife is 2% basic maths and 98% psychology. In order to reach fire when you start out late, it's important to believe that it's not too late. You can definitely change things around. The secret is to stop focusing on the past and start focusing on what you can do now. 
Once you really reduce spending and start saving and investing, you'll really start seeing results. You'll start feeling less anxious and you will know that you are well and truly on the road to financial independence. About Sean from Project Palm Tree. The year before he turned 50, Sean realized that if he didn't take control of his personal finances, he'd have no option but to work well into his 60s. Not because he was passionate about his job, but because without that money, he couldn't have a comfortable retirement. Sean writes about his journey towards reaching financial independence as a member of Generation X at projectpalmtree.com. We hope you enjoyed this chapter of Aussie Fire. For more inspiration, head to perla.com slash explore to browse our resources, calculators, and community insights. Perla is an authorized representative, number 1281540 of Sandlam Private Wealth Proprietary Limited, AFSL 337927. Knowledge is power, especially when investing. So always seek advice and or check out the relevant disclosure document for any financial product, including the PDS and TMD before deciding, which is available from the product issuer's website. When you invest, your capital is at risk and past performance is not a reliable indicator of future investment returns.